I can't stop my praise. I can't stop my praise. Are you ready for the word of the Lord? Say amen. Uh, a few weeks ago, Landon was playing, his football team at the University of Missouri State was playing at Arkansas, University of Arkansas, and we went down to Fayetteville. And I've, even though I've passed by the stadium several times, I've never actually attended one of the Pig Suey games down there. You know, as a Sooner fan, I just have standards. But anyway... My son was playing, so I thought I'd better go to the game. It's a good thing to do. And so we, we were going. We had to park about a mile and a half to get to the stadium. And I'd never been there before, so I didn't realize of how much downhill and uphill walking was involved to get to the stadium. So we're, we, we start off walking. We're excited for the game. We're walking downhill. And we're like, oh, it's going to be a good game. The breeze is at my back. People are smiling, high-fiving. Even the Arkansas fans were friendly. God was doing a miracle. It was amazing. The birds were chirping and singing. I mean, it was a great day. Then all of a sudden, we had to go back uphill. And we started going uphill. My legs caught fire. And I was like, are we ever going to get up this hill? And, and, and how many know when you're going uphill, it will test your marriage. Come on, honey, you can make it. The game's about to start. Come on, I think you can. I think I can. I think I can. Satan was attacking our marriage up that hill. I'm telling you right now. Our legs are on fire. The breeze is no longer at my back. It's right in the middle of my face. It's not a breeze. Now it's a stiff wind, right? The birds quit chirping. Now they're squawking. Now here's pig suey. The enemy's attacking me. And I look around and we just getting started. And we get to the top of this point and there's another hill. And at the top of that hill, there's another hill. And we are like, my, honey's like, my wife's like, honey, can you call an Uber? I said, honey, they got the road blocked up. You can't call an Uber. You're going to have to break through this right now. You can do this, honey. We can do this together. We in it together. I noticed something. It's a, this, life is so much better when you're walking downhill. And it can get really hard when you're walking uphill. And the one thing, that burning question that continues to burn when you're walking uphill is, when will this ever end? When will I ever get to the top of this hill? How much longer do I have to walk uphill? Many of us feel this way in our own life. Man, my, my life feels like it's been a constant uphill, Pastor. My, my work is like uphill. My kids are like uphill. My mental health is like uphill. My physical health is uphill. My marriage is uphill. My spiritual life is uphill. Now we're asking the question, how long does the uphill season last? How long before I get through this tough season? And we begin to focus on our pain. All we can see is the uphill climb. We can't see if the stadium is just over the next hill. We're going to get to walk down. I can't, I can't see that yet because I'm trying to climb this hill in front of me right now. And we focus on our pain. We focus on the effort it's taking the difficulties, the problems. God gets smaller and my problems get bigger. The more I focus on the problem, the more I focus on the uphill climb, the smaller God begins to get in my life and the bigger my problems grow. 
It just naturally happens. One of the things that, that happened the other day, uh, I was in a uh, lot of pain. I'll just admit something to you. Last Sunday, I preached a message, and if God blessed you, good, good, great. But I want you to know, I was up all night long the night before. I had an abscess tooth that was keeping me from sleeping, and I was up in a lot of pain. And I had got the doctor, got me in Monday morning for an emergency appointment. He said, we got to get this thing out of your head. So I'm going to give you some antibiotics. It's going to hurt for about two days, but after that, they'll kick in. It'll stop the infection, and we got you a scheduled date. So after two weeks, two days passed by, I was still in so much pain. I called the doctor and said, you lied. <laughs> it ain't working. And I can't get past anything other than this pain. I mean, I couldn't focus. I couldn't do anything. All I could feel was my pain. Every time I turned my head a certain way, the nerves would just shoot through my body. And I couldn't lay down. I couldn't go to sleep. It was, it was my pain was dominating me. And so finally, I'm like, listen, can you, can you do anything? He said, listen, we'll move it up. We'll get you in this coming Monday. We'll scoot it up. I said, great, thank you. Can you come in Friday morning for your pre-op? We'll sign the paperwork. We'll get that uh, tooth out of your head. We've got to get three wisdom teeth. And this thing's absent. We've got to get it out of there. I said, great, get it out. I'm fine. Let's do it. And so I show up Friday morning, and I walk in. And he's I was like, how's your pain? I said, it's still hurting, doc. Ain't nothing help. Did you try this? I tried all that. He goes, it's still hurting? I go, yeah. He goes, doctor, just talk to the doctor. And he said, He'll get you in right now. We're going to take care of this pain right now. Are you willing? I said, well, can I, can I preach on Sunday if I have all that done? I'm going to honestly know. And they go, he thinks you'll be fine. He thinks you'll be able to preach on Sunday. I said, right, let's do it. So next thing I know, I'm texting my wife. Somebody's going to have to come and get me because they're about to put me under. I'm about to have this done. Praise the Lord. This pain is going to get some relief. And they gave me this powder. And they told me, he said, put this under your tongue, hold it for a minute, then you can swallow it. And said, this is not going to put you asleep but it's going to make you really drowsy and you're going to become really relaxed. He said, but you won't. It's, it's amnesia. You will not remember. You're going to be completely awake. Everything we do, but you won't remember any of it. You won't remember anything that's happened. You're not going to know anything. So I took that powder and they said, Let's sit in this room for about 30 minutes. We'll come and get you. And all I remember is this vaguely sitting me down in that chair and the bright lights right there. just like this, right in front of me. And I just remember seeing like the bright lights and then the next thing I remember is I woke up at my house in my recliner like seven hours later. I'm like, where am I? How did I get here? What happened to me? I don't know. Honey, if you wanted to take advantage of me, there's easier ways of doing that. Just ask. <laughs> What's going on? I had no, no memory of what had been happening over the last seven hours. They're like, oh, yeah, we took you home. I don't remember the ride home. I don't remember her picking me up. I don't remember coming into the house. I don't remember leaving the dentist's office. I don't remember any of that. I woke up, and I was completely awake during all that time, but I had no memory of anything painful that had just happened over the last six or seven hours. I was, it was a miracle, and I felt great. I love, I was feeling great. And I think this is what happens when we allow praise to come into the middle of our pain and problem. It doesn't take away the necessary surgery. It doesn't take away some of the things that got to happen. But you find yourself getting through and say, I don't know how I got up that hill. I don't know how I overcame that problem. But because my focus was upon praise, because my focus was upon God, because my focus was giving God praise, I got up that hill I didn't think I could do. I survived that journey I didn't think I would 
survive. Praise allows you to survive. Praise allows you to get uphill when you think you can't go anymore. Listen, God is not mad at you just because you're having an uphill season. God is not mad at you. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Jesus warned us, take heart. It's going to be a hard season. Listen, Jesus had to go up Calvary's hill and experience a painful death and had to go through a lot. There's going to be uphill seasons in our life when it's hard. But take heart. It's okay. You haven't done anything wrong. But there's a way you get through it, and that is focusing upon the praise. When you learn to praise going uphill, you'll learn to experience joy while you go uphill. See, joy doesn't have to happen just when things are going downhill. The mark of a mature Christian is you can learn to walk in joy heading up the hill. When nothing else is working, you can be at peace and enjoy. See, my praise affects every part of my life. Your praise will affect every part of your life. Everything in my life is affected by praise. How I relate to everyone else depends on my praise. How people relate to me depends on my praise. The people I attract in my life is affected by my praise. When I go in with a praise attitude, I've been praising God on my way to work. My, my attitude changes. I walk into work in a better mood. I attract the right people into my life. When I'm walking in an attitude of praise, I attract the right people in my life. I don't know why I'm not attracting good people because you attracting people with a negative spirit. But when you learn to put out the attitude of praise, it unlocks and attracts the right people to you. My work is affected by my praise. My attitude is affected by my praise. My health, mental health, my physical health is affected by my praise. This is just not a scriptural thing. This is something modern science has backed up in journals. Modern journals have talked about the power of healing, mental and physical healing, with those who learn to praise, those who've learned to speak out praise. Matter of fact, some therapists even have group sessions of sing-along praises because it uplifts and releases something in people's healing in their body. So praise will affect every part of your life. It affects who you attract. It affects how you work. I love this story in Habakkuk 1. Now, Habakkuk was a minor prophet. And the reason why he's called a minor prophet is not because he never made it to the majors. The reason why he's called a minor prophet is because the book of the Bible. We have a few minor prophets, and they, were, they wrote really short books. And it's just a few chapters long, the major prophets. They were just as important, but they, they had bigger books in the Bible. So you, when you hear someone say he was a minor prophet, it just means he had a really short book of the Bible. And, and Habakkuk was a short book in the Bible. And he, he starts off, and look what he says in verses 2 and 4 of chapter 1. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? Ever been there? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. He must have been on social media. 
The law has become paralyzed. There is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that the justice have become perverted. He's saying this, everywhere we look, all there is is violence and arguing. All there is where people used to be righteous in the land of Israel, now there's the perverted are outnumbering the righteous. This wickedness is going along. They're paralyzed by their own sin and fear. Things are falling apart. And so this whole book of Habakkuk, it's a conversation between the prophet Habakkuk and God. He's like, God, how much longer are we going to call out to you? I'm calling out to you. I don't hear you responding. And, but we see something that happens. He's, he's in despair in this first chapter. And then when he gets to chapter 3, he turns around to where he's able to walk in a praise spirit. He's able to walk with praise as the primary goal of his life. So how do you get there? How do you go from despair to praise? How long does it take to get to this journey turned around? And number one, write this down. How do you get there? you got to learn to praise through your problems. Learn to praise through your problems. I remember when Preston was born, our first uh, son, our oldest son, Preston, when he was born, we made the mistake. Look at this baby picture here. I think we have one up here. Look, oh, yeah. Mr. Photographer right there, yeah. And he got a tooth in his head, a year old right there. The toothless wonder right there. He took that baby bed and he would, he would grab that baby bed and shake that thing. So The screws come out of that baby. He would shake it so hard. He wanted his milk and he would let you know and so his mom and I, we made a mistake early on. It was the first child. We didn't know any better. And we made a mistake of warming up his milk before we gave it to him. And when I mean warming up, I don't mean just like room temperature. I'm talking about coffee warm, okay? He, he was, this baby sitting there drinking his coffee like it was a latte. Like, oh, this is a great temperature. Thank you, Dad. I appreciate it right here. Stirring it up. But if you gave him his bottle or you gave him his sippy cup full of milk that was at room temperature or, heaven forbid, be cold, you better duck because it was coming flying back out of that baby bed. Like a grenade out of there to hit you upside the head, cock you. Nah! You give it to him and you may be driving, all of a sudden, back of your head gets a hit out of that car seat. He threw that bottle out. Nah! It wasn't warm. I mean, it couldn't be room temperature warm. It had to be microwavable warm. I mean, if I stop over and find a place to warm that bottle up because he would not drink it and go to sleep unless he had the warm milk. It was something of a comfort to him. He got used to it. It wasn't like we could just pull over and say, it's, it's kind of warm. It's been out of the fridge for a while. No, it had to be warmed up. And so... It was this place of comfort. It's what he relaxed him. You know, for many of adults, I wonder what becomes our place of comfort. What is our habits we go to when things are uphill? What's our way of de-stressing? For many of us, we embrace destructive behavior. Things that we know we shouldn't be doing. We, we get to relationships. We get to addictions. We go to things we have tried to get away from. But because our life is uphill, we go back to try to draw comfort from these things in our life. 
See, praise will take the place of those things in your life. Praise will allow you to say, I'm no longer going to be leaning on those things I was addicted to. No longer am I going to fall on those things. But praise now becomes my primary source of getting up this hill. This will get me to where I need to be. Praise happens. See, Habakkuk knew something. Habakkuk knew that his, his hope was in the Lord. He learned something. So God tells Habakkuk, listen, you're asking me how long it's going to be. Let me just tell you what's going to happen. Because I delivered Israel from the hand of Pharaoh, and I did all these great signs, brought them to the promised land, and now they're already forgetting. Now they're already starting to let the perverted overtake the righteous. He goes, I'm going to allow the Babylons who are closing in, that's why you're praying to me, I'm going to allow these Babylons to come in and they're going to retake captivity over my people, over Israel, and they're going to serve as slaves. Israel's going to serve as slaves to the Babylonians. They're going to charge you high taxes. They're going to mistreat you. It's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be awful for a while. He's like, God. Are you serious? Why the Babylonians? They're worse than Israel. He goes, you're right. They are. They are worse. But my people have got to realize where their source comes from. That's what he told us. My people have got to understand that I am the only thing that's going to bring them justice. I am the only thing that's going to bring them comfort. I'm the only thing that's going to bring them out of their problems. They have gotten full of themselves. They are living in the land of milk and honey. They're living where the fruit is big and the the meat supply is not ending. They're living in a place of of multiplication and now they've forgotten who their God is. So I'm going to allow the enemy to come in and take away the things that I have blessed them with so that when I come back and begin bring them back to me, they will realize where their hope comes from. They will realize where their source of strength is from. See, God does something in us. He says, I'm going to cause a second exodus. That's what he said. Habakkuk, don't fret. This is only going to be for a season. And then I'm going to cause a second exodus to happen. I'm going to call them back out. They're going to receive of me again. And when they get done, they're going to depend on me alone again. You see, sometimes God has to remove things we love in our life and allow us to walk uphill so that we realize the only way we survive is through the praise of God. The only way we get through it is through God. If it's all downhill, then we don't don't need his help. It's all downhill, then we don't look to him the way we should. It's a natural way. So he, he has seasons when we have downhill, then he also has seasons when we have to walk back uphill. God, I need you. God, only you can, can get me through this. He goes, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to send a second exodus. Look what he says in Habakkuk 3.17 now. As we get to the, the back here. He says, though, even though, this is what Habakkuk said, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, there ain't no fig newtons. There are no grapes on the vines. That means the wine is not going to be there. Even though the olive crop fails, ain't nobody cooking with olive oil. The fields lie empty and barren. There ain't going to be no crops. Even though the flocks die in the fields, no meat. The cattle in the barns are empty, no protein, no steaks. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. 
he had learned something. He realized that, God, even though what we consider to be multiplication, what we consider to be blessing, if these things are stripped from me, I will rejoice anyway because my joy is found in God. My joy is found in my salvation. Anybody can praise God going downhill, but can you praise him when you're walking back up the hill? Can you praise him when your legs are on fire? Can you praise him when you're out of breath? Can you praise him when the birds stop singing? Can you praise him when the wind's hitting you in the face? He says, can you praise him? I will rejoice and be joyful. Nothing can stop your praise today. Even food or wealth can't stop your praise today. Habakkuk declares, if God did it before, he will do it again. Come on now. If God did it before, he can do it again. If God can part the Red Sea, he can part the problem in your life right now that you can walk across again safe and sound. If God can feed the, the thousands upon thousands for 40 years in the wilderness, he will take care of you through a pandemic. Come on. And whatever you have need of today, God will get you through. If he did it then, he'll do it again. He will sustain you. He is our strength. That's why I can praise him through my storm. That's why I can praise him through my uphill climb. God sent his son to die for you, to redeem you. And how much more will he take care of you now? He didn't send his son to die and to redeem us for to leave us now. He's with us all along the journey. He is not going to leave you. He cares for you. You have got to learn to praise God through your problems now. Knowing that God will not leave you, he will not abandon you. Pick up your head. Get your eyes off of your problem. Look unto your help. Your help comes from the Lord. I look unto the hills for where my help comes from. It's there. He will sustain me. It's there. He will heal me. It's there. He will bless me. It's there that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And surely my cup is running over and goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. I dwell in the house of the Lord. And even when my haters are all around me and I'm walking up uphill, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hmm. Praise, 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 praise will get you up to heal. Praise will get you through any hard season. Praise will sustain you. Praise unlocks the door of blessing. Praise changes your attitude. Praise gives you the spiritual endurance you need. And number two, praise through your worry. Praise through your worry. We let our minds go crazy with the what ifs, don't we? What if this happens? What if this never works out? What if this bad thing happens? What if this happens? Listen, 90% of the things we're stressed about and worried about will never happen. And the other 10%, God's going to take care of you. God's going to lead you through it. Day by day, you will get there. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but every day I look back, oh God, I got through the day. Let me give you some good news. You have survived every hard day of your life, even today. Every, the hardest days of your life, you've already survived. God is not going to leave you. God is not going to abandon you. God is with you. you got to learn to praise God through your worry. See, look at this chart. When worry dominates our thinking, when we're so worried, then it sets off our future that's dominated by fears, misfortune, suffering, bad things. Well, this is going to go wrong. 
Yeah, it's going to go wrong because that's where my attention's at. This is going to go bad. Yeah, it's going to go bad because all I'm thinking about is the bad that can happen. And so my mind is putting into motion, because of my worry, I'm putting into motion bad things in my future. But when I put praise into my mind and in my voice, I, in the future, I'm speaking out to God, you are the strength. God, you are my help and strength. God, you are my guidance. You will light my path. You will light up the dark places of my life and allow your light to shine and direct me. God, you're going to pull me up this hill. God, you're going to direct me through this hard season. Good things are going to happen because all things work together for good for those who are called and committed to God. God's going to cause it all to work out for my good. So my hope is in God, I'm praising you that you're going to cause this thing to work out for good in my life. It changes. Worry sets into motion the bad things. Praise does the opposite. It sets into motion the good things of God, the trust of God, the strength of God, the healing power of God. It unlocks the miracle working power of God. God, I'm going to praise you. Anybody can praise God going downhill, but it takes a mature Christian to praise God when you're going uphill. That's where it's at. That's where the test becomes. Can you praise them through your hardest problem? Can you praise them during your darkest hour? Can you praise them when you're feeling attacked? Did you feel surrounded? Can you praise them? I, I love today. This is the last scripture I'm going to read you. Habakkuk said this in verse 19 of chapter 3. The, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. I love the scripture because what is saying this, that we are as sure-footed as a deer. So when you study this out, what it's basically saying is this. This word sure-footed means that the ability of an animal such as a deer or a cheetah, they they have the ability because of their spring-loaded back legs, they can bring their hind legs up all the way to where their front legs are. And they plant those, and they can leap or spring forward with a sure footedness, and they won't lose their balance. And they deal with power and speed. And this is what the scripture says, is that you and I have the ability to be sure footed as a deer. Have you ever seen a deer run up the hill? You and I, we walk up the hill, we've got to take three coffee breaks along the way. But a deer is like, bump, bump. Bump, it's over the hill. It's got the ability to leap up the hill. See, this is what I want you to get spiritually in your mind. This is what God does to us through praise. When we begin to praise and rejoice and trust the Lord, next thing you know, you have leaped up that hill. You've conquered that hill. You look back and, how did I get there? How did I survive that? How did I get past that? God did something supernatural in your life that when you walk in an attitude of praise, you are sure-footed. You can leap any obstacle. You can come across any fence and overclimb it. You can come up any hill and get over it because God has made you sure-footed. Praise unlocks that spirit in your life. The ability to say, God, no matter what, you're in control. Great is our Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will praise my Lord through any season. He is my rock and my salvation. 
God, I will praise you because you give me the ability to navigate any problem, any uphill climb, escape anything I need to escape. My God, you've given me a sure foot. No matter what comes in my way, nothing can stop my praise. I can't stop. Listen, that's going to be your attitude. I can't stop my praise. Other things, I can stop, but I can't stop praising. Why? Because there is where my battle lies. There is where my strength lies. There is where my hope comes from. There is where I get my second wind. There is where I gain my sheer footing. There is where I release something in the middle of my enemies when I release a praise. You are doing something in the spiritual. You got to release a praise. Pastor, I, I've been to a church and usually they're really quiet. Well, you're in the wrong church because we're going to believe the word of the Lord that says when we release a praise that God inhabits the praises of his people. It's important that you release that praise. On your way to work, I release the praise. Over my children, I release the praise. Over my marriage, I release the praise. Over my mind, I release the praise. When you find yourself falling back, trying to go back to that spirit of, I'm worried, how am I going to get up this hill? I'm worried how I'm going to survive. I'm worried. And I, all I can focus in upon my pain, I challenge you that your focus change to praise. And say, no, I can't stop my praise. I'm telling you, it will change your life. It will change your day. It will change your week. It will change the outcome of what you're dealing with. Start focusing upon your praise. Let's stand up on our feet today. As you stand up across the room today, how many say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for a new, new level of praise in my life. Raise your hand. Let's use I'm ready for a new level of praise in my life.